everybody. I'm Maya. I'm Melissa. And I'm Olivia. And we're here to take you back to your twilight, your twilight phase. Maya and I did that great. What's up with you guys? Do you mean the listeners or us? Well, first I meant you guys and also listeners. How you doing? <laughs> What's, What's up, up? listeners? Uh, okay, what's up with me, like, as a person in my life? I'm so sleepy today. I took a nap earlier, and when I woke up, I was like, oh, no. And also, Sometimes... my upstairs neighbors are the loudest vacuumers of all time, so I'm really worried they're going to vacuum again, because whenever they vacuum, they vacuum for, like, 12 hours, and they <laughs> were vacuuming, like, an hour before we started this, so I feel like they're going to get bored and go back to vacuuming. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Maybe they have dust allergies. I'm recording from my childhood bedroom, which no longer looks like my childhood bedroom, but it's nice to be in the burbs with my family. When That's your happening. parents, like, refer, what do you call, I'm so tired. Refinish? When they, yeah, when they, like, redecorated it. Redecorated um, <laughs> Did you feel, like, possessive? Were you like, but that's my childhood room? Or were you like, whatever, I don't live there? Not too much, because my mom specifically left it as it was until I was done with college. And then I personally cleaned it out and chose what went in the tag sale and what didn't. Which, by the way, I included my Twilight books in that tag sale. What's Um, a tag sale? It's a yard sale. And then... You mean uh, a garage sale? Then she redecorated it. And now it's the map room. So it's it's classy in here. Listeners, Olivia is recording in front of a really big map. It's a large map <laughs> of my hometown. <laughs> That's beautiful. Melissa, what's up with you? Literally nothing. I'm sitting on the same couch I always sit on. My it's roommate great. cut up some onions, so it smells like onions in here. <laughs> Yum. And I turned great up atmosphere. the AC for, you know, this recording, so I'm starting to get a little sweaty. <laughs> Yeah, it's rough times recording in the summer. <laughs> right before this, I had a call with my psychiatrist because she, like, I don't know, I have to call her every month. And she's like, so Adderall still works for you, huh? And I'm like, yep. And she's like, great, you can have more Adderall. Um, yep. <laughs> and I told her I, like, wasn't sleeping great. And she was like, is it hot where you are? And I was like, <laughs> I am a little warm now that you mention it. And she was like, Make sure it's not too warm because, you know, being warm is going to make you sleepy through the day and then at night it's harder to sleep. And I was like, you're correct. Like So smart. Uh, listeners, we have been on a friggin' journey trying to improve our audio quality. <laughs> and we're using this new, we'll this works. is not like a paid promotion, this app called Descript <laughs> that as we record, it creates... A transcript and then we can edit by like going into the transcript and deleting stuff and it'll delete that audio so we're hoping that this works we're in the future good. yeah we're in the future we'll see if it works we're in the maybe, it sorry maybe we can stop talking over each other we don't know maybe don't know if it'll work i don't it's think just it's luck. possible <laughs> our patreon would really help with this whole uh quality improvement so if you have the the means and the uh desire go support us i think we should start with some listener emails great idea we have one from julia who wrote in and mentions that she definitely went through her own twilight phase i was known as the twilight girl had the hardcover editions 
went to all the opening night showings except for being done and had a secret secret is in quotes twilight box my whole family knew about until maybe 10th grade when I got rid of the box then because I was older and more mature so as I just mentioned I got rid of my twilight books uh not until post college so highly relatable content if you remember episode one I took my twilight books to college (laughs) I never actually got rid of my Twilight books, even though I went through an extreme anti-Twilight phase. True. Do you still have them? You're rich. Yeah, but they're oh, at, back in Ohio. Yeah, they're back in Ohio. They're not with yeah. me here. But this like, I never question. got rid of them. I just hid them. Julia, I could just email this to you because I have your email and I've emailed <laughs> you in the past. But write in again and let us know, like, what was in your Twilight box? Was it yeah, just what else the was in books? There? Or did you have like... Miscellany. Sure I had a Bracelets. Twilight binder that I printed out <gasps> fan fiction and I took it to school. Yeah, yeah you said that. God, we I are so t- cool. I had I a couple t-shirts. I think I had some pins. I didn't like go crazy, but the aforementioned friend who got me into Twilight, Chelsea, shout out, also would then gift me Twilight stuff for holidays. So yeah. I That's always got a Twilight nice stuff. Friend. It was hard to be a Twilight fan before the movies because there was no, like, merch. There wasn't merch, merch, right? That's not true. It was all stuff that you made yourself. No, it's completely true. I mean, I guess it's not merch, but it's still, like, cool stuff. Yeah, I guess. make your own. You know, my binder didn't have anything to do with the movies. (laughs) Yeah, it's not merch. It was so cool. I feel like a lot of people now have like their team edward shirts and whatnot but i definitely had one of those uh, i never had one not team edward i misspoke it wasn't really a team edward t-shirt it was just a t-shirt with edward's face on it (laughs) i can't say i wore very much wait was it robert pattinson's face then yes okay well see that's movie but like definitely the first movie right i know that's movie related merch and also, I don't accept our pets as Edward, so. Okay, but you know what? Even though maybe he what? wasn't, like, the per- What is with your aggression? <laughs> what? <laughs> maybe he wasn't the perfect Edward. I think he did a great job. Whatever. But regardless <laughs> of how you feel about him in the movie, Twilight shot him into, like, super, super stardom way more than even Harry Potter did, which means He was that all today, Harry Potter. Yeah, but as I just said, Twilight shot him into super superstardom <laughs> even more than Harry Potter. His first lead. Which means well, yeah. that today we get the absolutely like bizarro weirdo RPATs that entertains us to no end. And I, That's for one, true. am grateful. I think it was worth it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. But I've been thinking lately as I reread that I think I s- imagine Bella as pretty Kristen Stewart influenced even though obviously I was like a big reader before the books and I don't think that really happened with Edward I think I still imagine closer to my original mind Edward but Bella has kind of morphed into a pretty Christian-y Bella damn I'm one of those people that can't conjure mental images so it's interesting yeah I'm fine I can't believe that you work in books (laughs) (laughs) what how do you how do you understand books if you can't imagine what's happening i just i mean i you just get the gist of it (laughs) i can imagine i just can't see it you know what i don't can you say more about this 
Okay. <laughs> so, the, listeners, you can't see this, but I'm we're on a video call, so I'm holding my hand out flat to like create a plane. Can you imagine using your mind's eye and see an apple resting on my hand? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I can't do that. I can know. I don't understand. You just think about the concept of an apple being in your hand. Yeah, it's more about like the concept of an apple. So, so like a lot of people with their mind's eye can actually like see an image. And I thought that that was just an expression, but it turns out you guys actually see that stuff. <laughs> I can't see it. Okay, you want to know what my first thought was when you said this? I was like, she's not trying hard enough. (laughs) Wow, this is where bigotry comes from. (laughs) This is like, wow, you're poor. You're not trying hard enough. (laughs) Like, wow, Maya, you can't imagine images. You're not trying hard enough. I don't know. Really concentrate. (laughs) Concentrate it. That's so hard to like unimagine for myself. I, interesting. I desperately wish I could. When imagine. did you discover that that was a thing? That uh, sixth grade. And then just this year, a viral tweet went around where someone was like, wait, y'all can actually see stuff. And then I was like, wait, they can actually see stuff. I thought that was fake. <laughs> well, I'm not like seeing it. I mean, right. It's not, yeah, but I understand. It's not there. I know that you know that it's not there, That's... but you can, like, conjure a mental image in your mind's yeah. eye, and yeah. I can't. I think I can yeah. do that. Wow. This anyway, what's incredible. our next email? Wow. Um, well, you just blew my mind, and also, this email from Eric blew my mind. Okay. Oh, yeah. Eric had a lot of really smart things to say. He should probably just be doing this podcast, but I'm just going to read an excerpt. So we were talking about Jacob and Edward's monster complexes last episode. Mm-hmm. Seemingly, only the male supernatural beings consider themselves to be inherently evil, while all the female supernatural beings seem to care less about their souls, killing Bella, etc., and more about their lack of femininity after they become supernatural, specifically their ability to bear children. You've joked Mm -hmm. that Esme's vampire power is her compassion and her motherhood. Then there's Bella and Rosalie who lose their shit over Renesme. Even Leah goes on a monologue in Breaking Dawn about how much she relates to Bella and Rosalie's baby excitement because she's a girly wolf freak who can no longer bear a child. So the gender difference in Supernaturals is that the men are more powerful and they brood about how their power can hurt women, but the women are supposed to be would-be mothers facing the adversity of having no offspring. This is so true. Eric, you smart. I'm enraged. Yeah. Wow. You just blew it wide open. Like, wide this is open. I mean, that's what's it. happening. That's Bella Eric? is not upset about being more powerful. She only becomes upset later when she can't have a baby that she never even thought about how she wanted before. I just think Eric is a foremost Twilight scholar of our time and really <laughs> deserves his recognition and acknowledgement. I know. Hang on. And he points out this whole thing about women uh simplifies femininity to the womb which is offensive transphobic and just not good character writing that's so true correct fuck that correct literally could not have said it better ah and then you know there's like a whole dissertation about alice which we don't have time to get into but truly eric should probably be on this podcast instead of us but make your own podcast eric (laughs) too bad (laughs) We already got this one. I don't know. With this new app, it should be easy for Melissa to cut that out. 
want to now. Oh, man. Yeah, now she's not going to. <laughs> Thanks for writing in again, Eric. Um, people, write in. We love hearing from you. It's already time for the recap. <gasps> Which has become an official part of the podcast, I want to say, because because we argue. Olivia is correct. It is time for the recap. Listeners, Which is now official, even though five episodes ago we just straight up forgot that we were supposed to do it. But yeah, now that we've it's official and we're about it, it's a real thing. <laughs> so it is my turn. Crack my neck, crack my knuckles. I got this. Oh, I heard that. <laughs> okay, here we go. So we start off with chapter 11, Intruder. Jacob sneaks into Bella's room. It echoes how Edward used to do that, only Jacob has to climb a tree and it like bends over like a cartoon. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he swings himself in and he's like, come on, Bella, you can figure out what's going on with me. I've already told you my secret. I can't say it again now, but just remember all the stories I told you that day on the beach you know already and then he's all mysterious he's like all right i gotta go tell everybody that i was just here and she was like why he's like i just will <laughs> that's what happens that's intruder <laughs> next up chapter 13 killer so bella thinks thanks thanks and she's like oh, damn it i do know Jacob's a werewolf, and that means he and his friends are killing people. So she drives down to the push to confront him, and she's really worried because at the same time, Charlie is going out into the woods with, like, a bunch of townspeople and guns, and they're gonna try to hunt down the wolves. And she's like, so my best friend is a murderer, and I really don't want him to be murdering, so I'm mad about that, but also I don't want my dad to shoot him, so I'm, like, worried on his behalf that I'm full of feelings uh she gets there Jacob is asleep and he just looks so like young and pitiable that she's like I'll let him keep sleeping even though he's a killer so she goes on the beach <laughs> Jacob wakes up goes to meet her and is like so you figured it out huh and then they have like a real who's on first situation where she <laughs> thinks that he is a murderer and he thinks that she's upset that he's a wolf which in reality she doesn't care about it at all um they get through that jacob's like no we're not killing people we're trying to kill vampires and she's like oh and he's like yeah there's this like red-headed one who's really being a pain in our butt Bella freaks dun, out dun, and she's dun. like, Victoria's coming for me. And Jacob is like, you know her? Um, let's go tell <laughs> the other wolves about this. And so they go. Oh, and also we learned that the wolves can read each other's minds. Scene. Okay, yeah. I think it's working. Okay. <gasps> Yay! Okay, so listeners, we have had so many amazing, painful technical difficulties today but we're back on track possibly hey. if not we're gonna quit um i'm gonna tear my hair out. so what's my grade um i give you a seven wow i think that's harsh i am honestly gonna give you a nine because the only mistakes were that you called chapter 12 chapter 11 mm -hmm. and you started talking about mistake. chapter 12 like way before the actual beginning of chapter 12 but you know what who cares about that because 
I can't. The listeners aren't reading along, and you got all the plot, so. Plus, it was amusing. Thank you very much. I think that a nine is much more in line with what I deserve than a seven. I'm sure you do. We'll give you an eight. Yeah, I'm willing to split the difference at an eight and just know that I think that that was our best recap so far since we started grading. Okay, well, I don't know about that. But uh, (laughs) yeah, the image of Jacob being at the top of this spruce tree that grows in the middle of the little front yard bending over towards her window is the funniest, most ridiculous (laughs) image that should be in a movie but not in a book because yeah it literally says his legs dangling 20 feet above the ground (laughs) in all caps i said the tree is gonna swing back like a cartoon (laughs) like when he gets out of it it's just gonna boing like snap ridiculous and then somehow he manages to launch himself through the window and land on his feet so we already can tell that something's going on with jacob because pretty supernatural. He's supernatural yeah yeah um i really do not like his energy no. in these no. chapters we get glimpses of the old jacob who was like boyish and fun but, but like at the for the most times. part yeah For the most part, he's, like, physically huge, so he's now in her room, fellas, like, he didn't look sick, he looked huge. He leaned (laughs) over me so big that he blacked out the window, (laughs) tongue-tied by my furious reaction. And I was just like, men do not understand what it is like to live in a world where you always have to worry about sexual violence. Like, if they did, then ginormous scary men would not be aren't you happy to see me at night <laughs> with no shirt on with no shirt on burning hot woke her up literally the middle of the night and then he's like i'm here to apologize why are you so right. mad the terrible. last you saw each other you were terrible and had a bad fight and bella thought that everything was over and you friend broke up and now you show you are up visibly shaking with your anger at her at 2 a.m right. and it's like what's wrong with you i'm apologizing <laughs> he says boys are hey, so stupid are you okay i looked up at him <laughs> the tears not yet dried on my cheeks why in the world would i be okay jacob i <gasps> said tell it to him this is how <laughs> bella can do no wrong podcast girl <laughs> has been wronged yeah like fuck these boys in her life oh they suck so disrespectful and then he doesn't even come with a plan he's like no i know i want to explain he broke off suddenly his mouth open almost like something had cut off his air then he sucked in a deep breath but i can't explain (laughs) i wish i could like what the fuck are you doing here at 2 a.m yeah, what does like, he think's gonna happen? I wish I could explain, but I can't explain. Like, okay, great. That's what you said the last time I saw you. Why are you here? Right. Well, even if he wants to deliver this new information, like, actually, you already know what's going on. I've given you this in the past. Remember the stories? He could have called her. He could have waited for a reasonable hour. I really think he doesn't realize that right away. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, I kind of feel like it occurs to him I could be wrong, but I don't know that he's put that together yet because well, he's just like, I'm so sorry. This is f- so frustrating. We looked at each other for a long moment in the dark room, both our faces hopeless. 
The part that kills me, he said abruptly, is that you already know. I already told you everything. So maybe he's kind of put it together, but it doesn't feel like he came to be like, hey, oh, yeah, you know how before paragraph. I wanted to tell you, but I couldn't? I figured out something new and it's that you just have to remember. Like, that's not what the dynamic is. They yeah. fight for two pages before yeah. he says that. Her guessing it is new. I think I see a way to make this work out because you know this, Bella. I can't tell you, but if you guessed it, that would let me right off the hook. And, he, and she's like, guess what? Yeah, she's like, I still don't know what the fuck <laughs> you're talking about. I love that line where she's like, why are you here if you're just talking in riddles? <laughs> <laughs> You get a hint here that something cuts him off. He is clearly prevented from speaking about this. And you can kind of tell that it's probably magical that he actually does want to tell her and literally cannot say it to her, which is new. It really feels like a Harry Potter thing. Like you are bound by a spell to keep your mouth shut. He can't even quite ask the question. Do you remember all the story? And then he can't finish the question. Yeah, I don't really understand why he couldn't finish that question. Me neither. Like, well, it's really interesting because it seems to indicate that there is a mental aspect. Like Jacob knows that saying, do you remember all the stories is too close to just telling her the truth. Yeah. And so the magic kicks in and he can't do it. But if he were like a big old dum-dum, <laughs> just didn't know, like he could probably say it on accident. Right. I want to read a fic where, like, I don't know, someone just discloses all the secrets of werewolves because they're just a dummy. Just too dumb. (laughs) Just that'd be cute. That'd be cute. (laughs) And they finally acknowledge that they both do know something because. Yeah, drives me crazy. He starts by doing it still very obtusely. Well, haven't you ever had a secret that you couldn't tell anybody? Something you felt like you had to keep from Charlie, from your mom? Something you won't even talk about with me? Not even now? Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. (laughs) She still won't say it. (laughs) Oh, not for anything. No. She's too loyal. And that's just what happens. And then Jacob's like, all right, well, uh, gotta run. Um, (laughs) Call me when you figure it out. I know that you will. Okay, but before that... Okay, what happens before that? Before that, he wants to ask a question, and he says, about the vampire story I told you. Like, he can say that because it's not his secret, but, like, it's so adjacent to his secret. That's very adjacent. I know. There need to be more rules. I mean, it's probably dependent on, like, specifically what Sam says. Right. If Sam's like, don't say shit about us being werewolves. Right. Then the vampire thing is separate. And also, they probably want to expose the Cullens. Right, that's true. As a community, (laughs) they're very clearly anti-Cullen. It's very true. He says he's literally bound, and Bella feels very uncomfortable about that, because it is creepy. It's cult-like. Yeah. And to make it even creepier, Jacob is like, Sam is actually incredibly cool. Jared and Paul are awesome. Embry's always been my friend. Like, I love those guys. And she's like, mm, uh, she's like, um, your previous statements were that they were terrifying and scary. So, <laughs> and he's just said, I'm in this for life, a life sentence, longer, maybe. <laughs> what does that mean? What is longer? <laughs> that means he's immortal. Yeah, as long as he keeps turning into a werewolf, he'll just live and live and live. 
Okay, but that just means his life isn't over. It's not like his life is over and then right. there's more stuff it's after. It's not longer than life. It's just an extra long life sentence. Right. It's just an extra <laughs> long life. <laughs> Maya, what were you going to say before? Oh, I was going to say that he's like, well, got a jet. Call me. Even if you don't want to see me anymore, like you're going to figure this out. Call me and let me know what you decide. And she's like, that won't happen. And he's like, just let me know. And I was like, well, you know what? She's been calling you, actually. <laughs> yeah. You don't take her calls. So maybe that sentence should be also an apology. Maybe you should be like, sorry for being such a jerk. I'm going to acknowledge that I've been ignoring you. Yeah, none of that. Stephanie really brushes over that whole Jacob being a jerk thing, which I think she does a lot of her problematic male characters. She just kind of like explains it away later. Right. Like he says here, I promised you that I wouldn't ever hurt you. So I really blew it this afternoon, didn't I? And Bella says, I know you didn't want to do it, Jake. It's okay. Like, no, we don't know anything. That's not an apology. Right. Not an apology. We don't know anything about him not wanting to do it. He very clearly can't say anything. We're just getting a whole bunch of gibberish. Stephanie Meyer is really eager to forgive Jake's many transgressions. Right. Especially later in Eclipse when he kisses Bella against her will. And later it's just like, ha, boys will be boys is the attitude. We even get a hint of that here where he like- Oh yeah, where he hugs her. Has to have his moment with her because he can't help himself. It says- he suddenly yanked me too roughly right off the bed so that I thudded against his chest. Just in case, he muttered against my hair, crossing me in a bear hug that about broke my ribs. Can't breathe, I gasped. He dropped me at once, keeping one hand at my waist so I didn't fall over. He pushed me, more gently this time, back down on the bed. Get some sleep, bells. What the actual How fuck was that? <sighs> If anybody does that to you, don't just say that it's nice and romantic. It's not romantic. Right, right. And I do think it's worth mentioning that, you know, all the dramatic bad moments that happen for the plot of this book, you know, like Jake suddenly hating Bella or saying mean things about her, etc. Oh, I didn't want to do that. Yeah, it's not good It's fucked up. Like, your feelings... Speaking for myself, I can't speak for anyone else, but, like, you can't turn off your hurt. You can't be like, oh, you really hurt me yesterday, but you've given me this weird half-apology, and now I feel better. Like, even if you accept an apology, the pain is still there. Apologies don't take away the hurting. And forgiveness is a powerful tool, but if a person doesn't apologize, they probably don't deserve it. Right. And just because he says he didn't want to doesn't mitigate the fact that he did and it had very real consequences. Totally. Yeah. And everything is even worse because Bella is working with like life or death situations. I know. (laughs) She's stressed. She's already traumatized. Yeah. She can't really handle this right now. No. She's in a fragile state. And he's like, look, all you have to do is just remember that I already told you that I'm a werewolf and everything will be fine again. (laughs) I like that when Bella thinks back and remembers that story, finally, one, of course, it comes after a dream. And two, Stephanie Meyer 
just like copy and paste it from the twilight <laughs> literally copy and paste it <laughs> just like put it in there in I italics <laughs> hate this device so yep, so intensely much. okay so she has this dream now what she has said to jacob she's like yeah i don't really remember that like obviously i remember the vampire cold one stuff but i really don't she's like yeah i I have no idea what he's talking about and then after this dream she wakes up i've remembered it all now every word (laughs) that jacob had said to me that day on the beach even the part before he got to the vampires the cold (laughs) ones especially that first part and then word for word she cut and pastes the conversation from twilight i absolutely fucking hate this this is book two. If I want to yeah. go look up the literal conversation, I could fucking do that in book one. What I want right now is Bella to remember like a human being and be like, oh yeah, that whole creation story that I couldn't remember very many details about was about werewolves. It's not even just dialogue. It's the descriptions like his voice dropped a little lower. He smiled then to show me how little stock he put in the histories. It's literally just a whole passage copy and pasted. I just wrote across the top, too convenient, clunky. (laughs) The whole section is my worst sentence. Like even, even the dream is overly convenient. It's just like, oh yeah, literally crams together. Like, oh, now there's a wolf here. Oh, it's the wolf that I saw in the clearing. Oh, it's dark, intelligent eyes look just like Jacob. Oh, this all, I know exactly everything, every single fact about what's yeah, going on bullshit. here. I've put one and one and one and one and one and one together. And now I've got it all. And just so that you can catch up, here's the copy and pasted part of Twilight. So that you can also put it all together. Done. Bam. Two pages. Oh. Yeah. It's awful. You don't love to see it. So <laughs> it's nighttime it. and Bella's like, well, I'm going to go talk to him. By nighttime, I mean very early morning. But also, she has this flashback word for word, and then she goes, werewolf, (laughs) to herself in her own room in the dark. She'll say it out louded herself. (laughs) Say it out loud. (laughs) Okay, so then she's going to go to La Push, but Charlie is heading out with his gun, and she's like, mm, record scratch, what's going on? Uh, and he's like, you know, we got to go take care of this. She says, they're going to shoot the wolves? He goes, you aren't turning into a tree hugger on me, are you? Like, Charlie, this has not been your best showing. I know that you're better than this. I want to go back to loving you. I want to mm-hmm. say, aren't wolves endangered in North America? Like, I don't think you can yes. just go shoot wolves. You can't just go shoot wolves. <laughs> wolves. Wolves. As wolves. a man of the law? <laughs> so, yeah. Bella is very torn up. Uh, Jacob was my best friend, but was he a Wait, monster too? This is her only just now making the connection that between the wolves and the that the wolves who everyone thinks are killing people jacob is the wolf i.e jacob is killing all these people not factoring in the fact that she has seen a vampire right around it's which i think is weird 
that part makes no sense to me. Like, she doesn't believe that the wolves could kill Laurent, but she seems to right. have come around to thinking that the wolves must have killed Laurent. But she also knows Victoria is around. So why does she think that the wolves right. have killed the hikers instead of... It never even occurs to her that Victoria might have killed. Right. Like, right now, she thinks Laurent is alive. Yeah. She doesn't know that Laurent is dead yet. No, she doesn't. That's my problem with the whole next chapter is... Jacob tells her, yeah, we're hunting Victoria. And then she's like, Victoria's looking for me. I'm like, yeah, that's you the thing that's been that. stressing you out before. Right. Why are you acting like this is new information? Right. Her whole self-narrative about Jacob being a werewolf, I feel, is very black and white, good and evil. Oh, yeah. Like, there, there's no universe for her in which he's a werewolf and it's kind of gray which she seems to have accepted for edward in a way because she's oh yeah like knows that he's murdered people and we've talked about how she's like well why don't you murder people you're a vampire so i don't really know why she can't do the same thing for jacob it's all very reductive and black and white and i mean she says um she says, a small, dry voice in the back of my mind asked me what the big deal was. Hadn't I already accepted the existence right. of vampires long ago and without all the hysterics that time? And I was like, yeah, girlfriend, you're real good at just deciding things that are in the world and then being cool with it. So I don't know. Thing. Well, this is the next chapter, but she says to Jacob at one point, well, maybe you could just not do that part. Like, right. you know, maybe just don't do the killings. So she's looking for the gray area, but currently we have not found it. And currently she makes huge assumptions. She says, I didn't know anything about werewolves, clearly. (laughs) I don't know what made them hunt, whether hunger or thirst or just a desire to kill. And then she compares them to the Cullens and is like, well, it's really hard for the Cullens not to murder people and they choose not to. So they're definitely good. And I don't know about these werewolves. They seem to be murdering people, so they must be evil. Right. It's like her definition of good is that the Coens are driven to be bad, but they decide otherwise. That's so true. And then dramatically, she's like, what should I choose? You have just laid out good and evil and then said, what should (laughs) I choose? Pick good, (laughs) obviously. (laughs) I mean, as we also get into the next chapter, both these chapters kind of blend into each other. The beginning of chapter 13 is more of her being like, um, okay, well, I guess I'm assuming Jacob's a murderer and am I okay with that? Right. And she eventually decides, yeah, I guess I am okay with it. (laughs) Yeah. At first she says, I couldn't be friends with a killer and say nothing. That would make me a monster too. But I couldn't not warn him about the people coming to murder him either. And she drives out there and talks to Billy. Wait, it's a great moment. She's like, <laughs> do you know what Charlie is doing this morning? Billy's like, should I? He and half the other men in town are all out in the woods with guns hunting giant wolves. And Billy's expression <clears throat> flickers and then goes blank. He's just like the straight face emoji. She's like, so I'd like to talk to Jake about that, if you don't mind barges in to their home this was actually very strange she like knocks and Billy's letting a stranger into his home he does not know that it's Bella he's like come in (laughs) she's like yeah so I would like a word uh it's very funny and then Billy's like well you should probably let him rest and she's like 
well, too bad. Um, I'm just gonna go uh, wake him up because he which I did up. support. He did literally crash into her own bedroom. It's true and kept her from sleeping. So and I then, was like, yeah, girlfriend, go. He looks very young and tired, and she steps back and is like, uh, yeah, I guess I'll let him uh, sleep, <laughs> and then goes down to the beach and waits for him and continues thinking again and sort of changes her mind. I couldn't condemn Jacob. Love didn't work that way, I decided. Once you cared about a person, it was impossible to be logical about them anymore. Jacob was my friend, whether he killed people or not. No, no, stop. (laughs) My note is, is this what Jeffrey Dahmer's life (laughs) experienced? I don't know. Unconditional love is important, but I think the line might be at murdering. No, no, no. You can love someone unconditionally without being okay with what they're doing. Right. You can be like, (laughs) yeah, once you care for someone, it means that you care for them no matter what. That doesn't mean that you don't turn them in if they're a murderer. It just means that that's harder for you, but you still gotta do it. (laughs) love is unconditional with that person that you understand them to be if tomorrow you wake up and you're like oh wait fuck this person who I did love unconditionally is a murderer and was a murderer the entire time I just didn't know about it well circumstances have changed they are no longer the person that I thought they were therefore I have some stipulations on my love okay but like if my brother killed somebody I love him unconditionally I would still love him, even if he were a murderer. I would not be okay with his murders. That would be a big (laughs) problem for me, but it would not mean that I don't love him anymore. No. Okay, so this is literally what I'm going to therapy for, just FYI, (laughs) is my circle of relationships and how I have to have different types of relationships for the different types of people in my life, Uh i.e. I have the circle of my family, and I have the circle of my friends, and I have the circle of my really close friends slash, I don't know. And basically, the thing I'm learning in therapy is that I should have different expectations for my relationships with the people in these different circles, i.e. I would probably eventually accept my brother if he became a murderer. But if I had a friend who became a murderer, I would be like, I'm Cut not going to be out. a friend anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, that feels like normal. Yeah, that's the normal. That's what she's learning. Like, if your mother is a horrible person, there's a part of you that just has to, like, accept your mother as she is. Exactly. Let me give you some background info into my therapy and that I tend to put the stipulations I have on family members, like, oh, yeah, this family member sucks, but I love them anyway, and I put them on friends. So then you have too many shitty friends. Yeah, then I have too many shitty friends. And my therapist is like, Melissa, you don't actually need this person in your life and you have no obligation to have them in your life. They aren't your family members. So just get rid of them. Yeah. Okay. So you're saying that like as soon as you build any kind of relationship with someone in the past, you've been willing to stretch and contort and bend to accommodate that relationship, even when it's no longer serving you and you don't even like want it. Yes. But I don't necessarily think that I don't want it. I'm just like, this is what having a relationship is. This is what you do. And now that this relationship exists. Right. Then I must tend to it. I must cultivate it. But 
my therapist is being like, no, you literally don't even have to have that relationship to begin with. And I'd like, sorry, don't compute. This is the therapy that Bella needs because now she's like, well, I've been friends with Jacob for a good month now. And, (laughs) you know, he does shitty things to me all the time, but we're in this for life. So if he's a werewolf and murders people, that's just something that I have to figure out. Right. This is how love works. And like, that's literally what I'm learning in therapy is that love is not like that. (laughs) That's, that's great. Wow. I wish you could sit down with her and have like a come to Jesus (laughs) moment, which Stephanie Meyer would probably approve of because Jesus is in it. And just be like, girl, I know that Jacobson is important to you, but he's not nice to you. Next up, Edward. Also, not very nice to you. I mean, honestly, Bella doesn't have very many good relationships to begin with. So that's actually a real, that's the real problem here. No, kind of zero. Like Uh, she just works with what she has. Really, just works too hard with what Uh drops in her lap. Fucking do this. (laughs) All right, it's going. Listeners, we have had a time. I have no idea where that cut off. I don't know. My computer just restarted. It just it just needed to do that right then without telling me. And Olivia was the one recording a call, so then it was a yeah. whole thing. Like, do we yeah. have the recording? Don't know. Hope so. I mean, we have been talking for like maybe 20 minutes, but I've been on the phone with you guys for two hours. So, yeah. so I don't know how much content we have. We've got something. We're going to make an episode out of it uh we're not doing the ending but we're boarding mission <laughs> i'm done i think that i lost audio from you guys like twice and <laughs> like we had to solve times. that problem so many times <laughs> then olivia's computer just turned off then no one was the host then melissa was the host and couldn't yeah. press record so- Remember that time when Maya was like, guys, we're trying a new platform. We're really working on improving our quality. She fucking jinxed us. And I'm sorry. We're giving up. We're going to try again next time. We're going to figure out how much of this we even have, how much of it exists. And whatever (laughs) we don't cover, we are going to cover in our next episode. Yep. We'll read a chapter. That's it. Yeah, it's fine. That's that. We'll figure Sorry. it out. If this turns out to be a mini-sode, that's fine. Next week, <laughs> chapter 14, family, look forward to it. <laughs> I'm done. You don't get better sentence for a sentence. I'm too hot. No. <laughs> We're done. I just turned my AC on. I don't care if it sounds bad. <laughs> we started at 610. It's now 812. It's been two hours. I'm so hot. You know what? Listeners, you all deserve it. We love you. We uh, do. This is this is what we're doing this week. We love when you guys write in. Y'all make us happy. Yeah, but I'm not willing to do this anymore. So thanks um, for putting up with our, you know, little whatever this little is. Do it yourself podcast <laughs> that we apparently still are. Look, sometimes that's how it goes, you know. Um, shout out to our Patreon pals. Hashtag Jillian, hashtag Bridget, Joshua, Asher, Melina, and Eric. Y'all, thank Hi. you so much for supporting the pod. Um, you were contributing to us getting better somehow. Yeah, yeah. somehow. It's going to help, I promise. 
Yes, um, your financial support will improve the audio quality of this podcast, <laughs> even we, if so eventually. Far yet. <laughs> eventually. Uh, email us with questions, comments, complaints at twilightfacepodcast.gmail.com. If you'd like to support the pod, again, improve our audio quality, get a kick-ass sticker, get in on our bonus episodes. Which are fun. Patreon.com slash Twilight Phase Podcast. You can follow us at Twilight underscore Phase on Twitter and Instagram and Twilight Phase Podcast on Tumblr. Disclaimer, we own nothing. Twilight Universe and all characters belong only to Stephanie Meyer. Please don't sue us. Audio editing is by Melissa Shermer. (laughs) Yeah. I'll help you, Melissa. We'll figure this out. <laughs> and Maya Marlette. Cover image by Laura Shermer. Our theme music is written and performed by Adrian Mooring. I am in physical pain from the frustration <laughs> of everything that has gone wrong today. Uh, but with that said, we'll be back next week anyway. We're looking forward to it. And if you don't like it, you can fight me. Yeah! Yeah! (laughs) Bye, y'all. Bye, guys. We love you. Bye!